Hi, this is Laura, and you're listening to the RightWomen.org podcast. I'm joined today by two special guests, both my boys. So first, I want to talk about the debate, and that's why I sort of brought Oliver into the conversation here. Um, He's seven years old, and it's just funny to me to listen to some of his opinions, because I do let them watch the debate, and I think it's educational to some extent, of course. I don't let them watch most of it, but just the first 20 to 25 minutes of it, if it's early enough so what he said was he couldn't really understand why there was just a bunch of old people arguing and yelling at each other or what he thinks are grandparents is that true oliver he's nodding now he's suddenly mike shy so i asked him if he wanted to comment and he said yes no they can't hear you if you nod well, th- th- those are his opinions, his words. I'm just speaking on his behalf since apparently he's now Mike Shy. So one of the saddest things about the debate was truly watching the, in his words, the grown-ups acting like children. Um, there was no respect for authority. Uh, everyone just kept interrupting each other, but that absolutely makes sense because after all, They all seem to be anti-establishment, except for Joe Biden, who's pretending to be uh, woke, so to speak, but uh, he really isn't. And he's probably the only one that honors the time and all that stuff, or at least he does it the most. So despite him being confused and lost and unaware of where he is or what he's running for, he at least has the most respect for authority, and that definitely can be said about him. So... As usual, during the debate, Elizabeth Warren didn't answer anything that she was asked, instead turned everything into racism, which, by the way, is an incredible power because I don't know how she does it. You can actually tell her anything, and she will turn that into a remark about racism. That, that's got to be a special talent. I don't know how she does it. I could ask her about ice cream, and she would figure out a way to tell me that ice cream is racist and that the world is racist because... There's too much ice cream and only the white people get ice cream and it would just be a whole thing. So then there's uh, my favorite or rather least favorite, uh, Bernie Sanders, who answers nothing. All his answers are useless. They're just the same repeated uh, propaganda over and over again. It's almost like he's just memorized these lines that he consistently uses. There's no new information given. Again, just the same recited answers. Nothing new whatsoever. When they ask him the tough questions about money, he just goes off on a tangent. And the moderators, they just they they don't seem to to know what they're doing and what their role is. So they don't go back and say, "Well, you didn't actually answer the question, you know, Senator Sanders. You you." brushed it off so what what is the actual answer yes or no you know and and things of that nature i wish they would do that because if they did then you know we might actually get something new and we might actually find out there isn't any substance there but okay so then ironically bloomberg seems most rational did i just say that yeah Okay, and here's my son laughing at the microphone and interrupting what I was about to say rather than (laughs) adding to the conversation. But regardless, then there was the part where Joe Biden said that 150 million uh, 
people, Americans, had lost their lives due to gun violence since the year 2007, which obviously is ludicrous. That would mean, you know, half the population was gone. And that's obviously not the case. So those are completely exaggerated numbers. Um, that wouldn't even <laughs> make sense worldwide. You couldn't even get to that number since only about 250,000 people uh, globally die from gun violence, which is uh, pretty big, but... And now I'm back, uh, no longer joined by my children. I will call them when uh, they, they want to speak, but they were beginning to drum, as you probably heard there, so they're no longer here, so it should be much quieter, and we should have less interruptions. Okay, so that was basically the debate in under five minutes. One of the things that I have a problem with, and I want to talk about the Democrats running, uh, one of the things that I really have a problem with is the fact that none of them actually say that they love this country. Uh, Elizabeth Warren will say that there's a ton of things wrong. Bernie Sanders, of course, will say that every dictatorship is great, but that this country country is terrible and there's so much that needs to be fixed, that it's broken, that there's racism, that there's poverty, that there's all these horrible things here. Um, but it's not true. I mean, this country is is extremely great. And if ever there were to be a Bernie Sanders uh, presidency or anything like that, you know, I love this country as much as many, many, many other Americans do. And I don't think we would let it fall to socialism or rather authoritarianism, which is really what um, Bernie Sanders, what, what he really turns out to be because he wants the government to have a say in absolutely everything, which is really an authoritarian uh, type of government. So obviously he wants to throw us into the gulags and all that fun stuff, which isn't fun at all. So basically, I mean, he wants to do all these things that ultimately, they ultimately limit our freedoms substantially, our freedoms to, to choose and our freedoms to decide how we spend our money and, and it messes completely with the free market. So while it's a grim outlook, I don't think that that Americans who love this country as much as I do, I don't think we would let that happen. And yes, I know that it's happened throughout history and that people have sort of let it happen. But if you look at other countries in which um, it, it's gone down that path, they're nowhere near as big as this country. And I just don't foresee that happening here. Yes, a few things might not be as great, but we would we would never let it slide to that point. So I don't think we have a lot to worry about on that end. Um, I do think, though, that our freedoms would substantially be limited. And even if you look at the media and the media bias and the fact that they support, you know, Bernie Sanders, or they they don't necessarily, but a lot of them do. And a lot of a lot of the media is very, very favorable, obviously, to the Democrats and very, very biased. And and not only is there you know, evidence of that just by reading, but people have, journalists have admitted to it and, and stating that there is a bias and that it, everything is against Trump, really, that nothing favorable is ever really said about Trump. And so 
again, we know there's a bias, but what happens if there's a Bernie Sanders, you know, as president, what happens when we complain, what people complain about the government all the time? What happens in that instance? Are we thrown into a gulag? Those are just the kind of things that you, that you don't have to think about when you vote for someone that wants the government to control everything. And again, the government controlling everything means limited, uh, freedoms of everything, including free speech, because if everybody's equal, if everything has to be fair, then you get into, well, I'm forced to say this, or I'm forced to say that, and then I can't say this, and I can't say that. And then we are in a very different environment. So that's one thing that I, I really can't stand about all the candidates. I think anyone who runs for president has to love this country. If you don't love this country, there's plenty of other places to go, especially if you're always uh, talk, you know, up talking, you know, Sweden or Denmark. There, you're more than welcome to move over there, assuming that you somehow get through their immigration process, which is very lengthy and it's almost impossible to become a resident or citizen of one of those countries. So good luck, but you're more than welcome to go over to where whatever country you think is better. You don't have to live here. Don't like it. You can go. So talking about Democrats, if we can even call them that, because they're not really. If you notice, the left just keeps moving more and more and more to the left. I don't even think that they know how far left they've gone or what even defines them. Because every time that you think, okay, well, the left represents this, then that's not radical enough. And then they move further left, leaving those people behind. And if you don't agree with them, for every step that they t take to the left, if you don't go with them, you're out. And so them <laughs> moving further left just leaves out more moderate and more even liberals, liberals have been left behind completely. You can't even say that that they're liberals because classical liberals are, are now on, more on the conservative side, which is bizarre, but, but true. And so as you keep moving left, then where do you end up? Because eventually there isn't anything radical enough. So then what? So then I guess you revert back to being super ultra conservative because if you've already gone all the way to the left, there's nowhere else to go. I mean, when you're making TikTok videos promoting abortion and talking and showcasing it as a happy and very uplifting and empowering event, then you we've got a really big problem as a society because that should never be the case. I remember when, you know, Hillary Clinton said abortion should be safe, legal, and rare, very rare. And as you can see, we've moved quite a bit away from that, where now women are talking about playing God and feeling empowered by these things. So, I mean, we, we've really gone out there. And I mean, I've read tweets and things about People saying that Mayor Pete's not gay enough, that he's not representation of, you know, he, yeah, so what, he's gay, that's that's nothing. You know, that was many, many years ago that might have been a thing, but now that's not just, that's not radical at all. That's just completely, you know, mainstream, and so he's not even representative of the, of the queer community, so to speak. So again, they just keep moving left and anyone that doesn't agree with them for every inch that they move left, they leave you behind and they turn against you and they're rude. 
And they're supposed to be the party that is supposed to be welcoming and supposed to be supportive and supposed to be inclusive of everyone. But really, that's just a farce because they're, they're not. Who, who embodies those values? That would be the right. We don't always agree on everything. We do agree on one thing, less government and more power for the individual. I think that's what definitely unifies us. We have one unifying <laughs> doctrine, and that is less government and more power to the individual. But everything else, whether you believe in abortions, whether you're pro-choice, pro-life, or where you fall along that spectrum, whether you're very religious or non-religious, whether you want guns for everybody all the time, or whether you want universal background checks and you're and you want more safety checks for guns, wherever you fall along those different line items, that doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't. What matters is we all agree, less government. At the end of the day, everything else, we can talk about it. We don't have to agree. We can definitely agree to disagree. And it happens all the time. You can see it in different uh, conservative thought leaders. There's people on there's people that are much more conservative or much more to the right and people that are more moderate and more people that are really liberal. Um, and they all get along. There's no, there's no issues. They can talk about the things that they disagree with and there's nothing wrong with it. They just move on and, okay, we don't agree and that's fine. We're still, we still support this one thing and this one thing is very important to us and our freedoms are very important to us. So yes, we don't have to agree. And in fact, Many, many of the people on the right have no issues with the opinions and talking to people on the left. It's the other way around. It's the left will not talk to the people on the right. In fact, they'll call us racist. They'll call us deplorables. They'll tell us how much they hate Trump, which maybe the one thing that unifies them is their hatred for Trump, which is really, really sad. Um... They'll talk about how much they hate this country, maybe another thing that unifies them, but they'll, they, they won't talk to us. They won't accept the different opinions. It makes them upset. It makes them react in ways that it's, it's not healthy for communication. And, and that's, again, something that you don't see on the other side. You don't see that on the right. I mean, we absolutely, listen, I don't like Taylor Swift's viewpoint on the fact that, you know, she's worth $300 million, but she somehow thinks that if she were a man, that she'd have more money, more power, even though basically she can tell her fans to do anything and they'll do it. Listen, I don't agree with that, but I'm not going to go and cancel Taylor Swift. And I'm going to say, well, I can't listen to her. Or I can't because, you know, oh my God, she, no, that's ridiculous. There's plenty of, of celebrities. There's plenty of people that I don't agree with. I'm not going to go ahead and cancel everything. I'm not part of the cancel culture. That's just ridiculous. So anyway, that's, you know, that that's what's bugging me today. No, that's what's bugging me most days. So we have conflict though, more conflict than just the the whole they're not really democrats. Within the democrat sorry, within the democratic party there's a lot of conflict because some people are not quite as much to the left and these are the people that are getting ousted right and so you have really socialism and then you have 
the more moderate Democrats, and it's it's not even they they don't even belong in the same party really, and I think that's apparent to everybody. So regardless, they've they they need to split. That's that's basically what it comes down to. Um. All right, so I'm always against socialism, so I'm always going to complain about that and rant a little bit about socialism. Um, because my family came from Cuba, because I saw the destruction that it caused, because it didn't increase the literacy rates, it only made everyone uh, worse off than they were. Because when you don't have, when, when there's no money in being put anywhere and people are getting paid pennies, nobody cares. So the education goes down, the healthcare goes down, your lifestyle is awful because you're obviously making lines for food and rations and that's just no way to live. And so socialism has been a failed experiment throughout history. So it isn't anything new when they say, you know, when they call socialism or socialist progressive, I think, you know, it's not really so radical and it's not really so progressive. It's been done plenty of times and it's failed. So basically you're the opposite of progressive you're trying to bring us back into some something that has failed so i don't know i i just again i have a hard time seeing them as progressive these are not radical ideas these are just stupid ideas they're stupid ideas that have been done they've been tried and it ends up with everybody suffering except for the people at the top so now that that's over, let's talk a little bit about the coronavirus. I know a lot of people are freaking out because the media is blowing this thing out of proportion. It seems like every article that they put out basically claiming that Trump is to blame for the virus, um, even though he was very proactive in closing the border and not allowing uh, travel from China into the United States. He was very much called a racist for this, and lots of Democrats were not happy with it, and now they're saying that he's not doing enough. So regardless of what he does, he can't win. But when it gets to the the ridiculous stories that you read in the Washington Post that are actually lying about things that, you know, haven't actually happened or claiming that he cut funding to the CDC, that never happened because it was not approved by Congress. I mean, there's just all these lies that are being said and it's all political it's it's sad it's sick because people are really worried about this and really to go and suggest that it's something much more major than it really is and to make people afraid just so that you can claim political victory that's sick and it's really it's tiresome i don't know how people can just continue to to listen to the media and to take whatever they say as as truth because it's not there's just an overabundance of lies in all of these papers and so what people should know is that yes there are people in the united states affected with it i think the last time i checked which was last night was about 69 uh, but that includes americans that contracted the virus in china and came here so that it hasn't all happened it's not all been spread by the community. So yes, one person did die yesterday, but the man that did die in Washington was, I believe, in his 50s, and he also was suffering from other health conditions. So 
really the people that are dying from this virus are people that have been afflicted with other health conditions. Their immune systems are not as strong, so they're not able to ward off the, the virus, which is typically the case when you get the flu or any other virus. Um, and people that are older. So yes, people that are over 70, people that are over 80, they're going to get hit the hardest and they're going to have uh, the hardest time battling this this virus. Um, so far, there hasn't been any reports of any children under 10 who have died. So it really seems to be uh, afflict or causing you know fatalities in, in the older population. But with that said, it doesn't mean you shouldn't worry. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't practice proper hygiene. It's common sense. You don't want to get the flu. You don't want to get sick. So, you know, when you get home, you should probably shower if you've been at work or if you go to the doctor or if you've gone to school because that's how lots of germs get passed around. So I always tell my kids to change as soon as they get home and and oftentimes shower. Um, you know, we don't walk around the house with shoes. We, we wash our hands often. All those normal things that you should do to maintain germs at bay. Continue to do those things. If you want to be a little bit extra more vigilant with with your cleanliness, that's perfectly fine. But I don't think people should be going out there and panicking because right now there's no need to panic. So that covers that. Now we can move to the South Carolina primaries and the results. Biden in the lead. He won that one. Finally, I'm I'm pretty thrilled. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I was rooting for Biden. I, I, I wanted the population of South Carolina to send out a message that they weren't just going to follow the crowd, that they just weren't going to vote because everybody said that Bernie Sanders was going to be in the lead. So they got together. They, they didn't want it to be Bernie and they got they accomplished that. So I thought that was pretty impressive and I was pretty happy with those results. Um, right now, where they stand in terms of delegates is Sanders has 56, Biden has 48, Buttigieg has 26, Warren 8, Klobuchar 7, and if you haven't already heard, Tom Steyer is finally out of the race. And long overdue, this guy spent a quarter of a billion dollars for nothing. For someone that wants to help the environment so much, I really feel like that that money could have gone somewhere much better. That that was a complete waste of money. He really should have put his money where his mouth is and not try to run for president for ego. I mean, he served no purpose. If you saw him at the debates, if you saw him anywhere, there just absolutely was no purpose to his candidacy. So um, again, I'm glad that Biden is alive again, maybe not physically, but at least within the, the democratic race for presidency, um, because as amusing as I feel that it would be to watch Bernie versus president Trump, uh, I don't, I don't want to send the wrong message out there. I don't want it to empower, uh, these leftists that think that, uh, the government, that, 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 a, you know, the establishment sucks, even though they're really rooting for more government. I'm not sure that they're aware that what they want is the government to be in charge of everything. Uh, it isn't completely clear to me that they know anything at all. So um, I just don't want to empower them. And I don't, I don't want them to feel like there's some sort of movement behind them because that's a scary thought. So again, I'm 
pretty pleased with the results. I'm not going to lie. I was hoping that 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 would be the case. And so now on Tuesday, Super Tuesday, we'll we'll have a a lot more information, obviously, and a lot more insight into where we stand uh, within the Democratic candidacy and who will who will be in the lead and all that fun stuff. But uh, we only have one debate left. So that's both, that's bittersweet because on the one end, it's really entertaining. On the other hand, it can just get so annoying with everybody just repeating the same thing. It's, it's entertaining for about 20 minutes, but then it just, it's the same nonsense. They get asked the same questions the moderators don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to, you know, keep them to their time. They they lose control, and these guys are just screaming at each other. And it there there's no there's nothing that comes out of it. There, you don't hear anything new. It's the same exact thing getting repeated. The same. It, it's just on again entertaining, but let's let's watch the last one and and be done okay so now i'm gonna bring in my five-year-old because now that we've talked about all the things that aren't so so happy and funny and wonderful in the government and the united states we can talk about some of the things that my five-year-old likes and that is the presidents he's in love with presidents he loves them all He, he he's five and i mean he just turned five in december and he can tell you all the presidents that are alive. He can talk to you about the different presidents. He loves them. He t- he made me go to Barnes & Noble yesterday. Well, he didn't make me go, but I went because I wanted to see if there was something about presidents. And he he didn't like the book that I showed him because it seemed too childish. He ended up getting an encyclopedia for much older kids. He was thrilled that Air Force One was in there. He loves Air Force One. So... I'm going to let him talk about some of the presidents because that just seems to be his favorite thing to talk about. And so much so that he wants to go to Mount Rushmore. He's like, well, this year for vacation, we've got to go to Mount Rushmore because I've got to see my presidents. Okay, so here's William. You want to come over, William? There he is bringing his new president encyclopedia book. You want to say hi? It's... Everybody that listens to podcasts, just say hi. Hi. They want to hear all about your presidents. Who's your favorite president? George Washington. Why? Because he was fighting the England. He was fighting England? Yes. And was he the first president or the tenth president? The first president. Who's the second president? John Adams. And the third? Thomas Jefferson. Why do you make that face when you say Thomas Jefferson? Okay, let me see who's the 44th president again. Is it John Adams? No. Who's who's our president now? Who's president of the United States? Donald Trump. Yeah? Yes. And do you like Donald Trump? Okay, I no. I know that you want to talk about all that, but do you like Donald Trump? Yes. Yes? And yes. who was president before Donald Trump? Obama. Obama. And where was he born? Hawaii. Hawaii? And George Bush. George Bush. Yes, he's still alive. Yes. And how old is George Bush? 
73. 73. And how old is President Trump? 73. 73 too? Who else is 73? William Clinton. William Clinton? And how old is Jimmy Carter? 95. 95? Oh my goodness. And, and Obama is? 58. 58. And you love the president? Okay. Do you love the president? Who's the first president I love? Don't see it. Because I go. Well, right. they can't hear you if you're all the way over there. Okay. Who's the intruder? I am. Yes. Okay. So tell me one more thing. Where do you want to go on vacation this summer? Mm, Mount Rushmore. Why do you want to go to Mount Rushmore? To see my president. To see your president? Yes. Who's who's on Mount Rushmore? Okay, we can't hear you if you're if you're over there. You got to talk to the mic. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Theodore, I mean Teddy Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln. Theodore Roosevelt, right? We said you could call him Teddy Roosevelt. Is I thought he was your favorite president, or is he your number two? Ronald Reagan? Who else loves Ronald Reagan? You. Me? Yeah. All right. So, do you want to say goodbye to everyone? Goodbye. See you tomorrow. It's my birthday. No, your birthday is not tomorrow, you silly thing. Okay. Okay, thank you. And so... <laughs> and so that was my five-year-old, William, and... Thank you for listening. As usual, please subscribe, leave us a great review, and if you don't already, follow us on Instagram at right underscore women underscore org. And I will talk to you soon.